Hi, this is Lisa Davis, and welcome to another episode of Talk Healthy Today. The show provides you with the latest research tools and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy starting today. People tell me listening to the show is like overhearing two friends talking about really incredible health topics that you want to know about. I like to really get to know my guests and I'd like you to get to know them as well. So we delve really deeply into topics and I like to share some personal anecdotes as well. To make sure you never miss an episode of Talk Healthy Today, be sure to subscribe. Also rate and review. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. I'm thrilled you are back listening to Talk Healthy Today. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. If you've been listening over the past couple of weeks, you know I am doing a special format for Talk Healthy Today. Rather than doing one long 30 to 40 minute interview, I am doing quick 8 to 10 minute interviews where we are taking action on whatever we're talking about. So today we're talking about one of my favorite topics, healthy fat. I love healthy fat. I live for healthy fat. Healthy fat helps you in so many ways. It is unbelievable. Now, Rather than me going on and on about fat and healthy fat, 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 healthy fat, fat, uh, let's uh, let's get to our guest. We've got the wonderful Johnny Bowden. He's going to be talking about a wonderful book that I just said wonderful twice. I have a I need to work on that. How about a fantastic book that Johnny Bowden did with the wonderful Stephen Masley, MD, Smart Fat, uh, a few years back. Love this book. Uh, he's going to talk all about it and why it's so important. And then we're going to follow up with something that I think is so genius. Okay, wait, that sounds conceited because I decided to put this together in this way. But at any rate, we're going to have Stephen Masley, MD, talking about not ruining your fats because you can have a perfectly good fat and can totally blow it, just like bomb. It, it stinks. It might literally stink, depends if you overcook it, but we'll turn to trans fat and be bad for you. So don't ruin your good fats. You're going to learn all about good fats in the first part of this interview. So why turn around and ruin it? So be sure to listen to both. Again, we're going to start with Johnny Bowden, fat, fat, healthy fat, healthy fat's the way to go. And then we're going to go right into Stephen Masley, MD, and you're going to learn how not to ruin your fats. We're going to talk about the heat points of cooking with fat and oil. So let's dive in now. I love eating good fat and you're going to want to eat good fat too. Now, today we're going to be talking about smart fat and we're going to be doing this with the wonderful Johnny Bowden. Hello, Johnny. See you again. First of all, I've heard it called good fat, but you call it smart fat. Let's talk about that. Why smart? Well, we call it smart fat because we, 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 um, we really have a different definition for good and bad fat. We think that, that the old notion of good fat and bad fat really needs a serious update. Um, and it's not that we don't think that some fats are really good for you and some fats are really bad for you. But most people, when asked that, would say, well, sure, good fat is like fish oil or avocado. And bad fat is anything that comes from an animal. And good fat is vegetable oil. And bad fat is, you know, coconut oil because it's saturated. We think that definition needs to be thrown out. It's obsolete. It's not supported by research. And we propose in our book, Smart Fat, a completely uh, different definition of what makes fat good and bad. And it all hinges on just one thing. Is the fat toxic? It doesn't matter if it's saturated. It doesn't matter if it's unsaturated. All that stuff you've heard about, saturated is bad and polyunsaturated is good. All nonsense. All you have to ask is one question. Is the fat toxic? Now, how do you know whether it's toxic or not? Well, that was my next question. I, I thought it might be. <laughs> See, I know you so well. <laughs> yes. It's kind of everybody's next question. So what makes a fat toxic? Well, 
think about how we have been so brainwashed about not eating animal products, not eating animal foods, and the fat that comes from them, and the meat that comes from them. Well, there's a certain truth to that, but it's, it's true for a reason different than what most people think it, it is. Let me give you an example. I live in Southern California. A couple years ago, we had an E. coli scare. It was tracked to some spinach. Some spinach had been contaminated by fecal matter from a farm up, upstream, and the spinach was recalled. You couldn't even go into a Subway sandwich shop without getting, you know, without, uh, you couldn't get spinach anywhere. It was recalled everywhere. Not one health professional came out and said, see, spinach is an unhealthy food. Spinach is bad for you. Don't eat spinach. Why? Because everybody understood that we had a contaminated crop. There's nothing wrong with spinach. It's a fantastic vegetable. Very, very healthy. The crop had been contaminated. Well, this is the case with animal foods in this country. When you take cows and you raise them on mega farms that are like agribusinesses, they they even have an acronym for them. They're called CAFOs, Confined Animal Feedlock Operations. They just process these animals like they were, uh, like you were in a factory making making, uh, shoes in in Thailand. I mean, they are processed through, they are fed antibiotics because their stomachs get acid from their diet. They're fed uh, grain that's both uh, either GMO products or it's sprayed with every pesticide known to man. It's shot full of bovine growth hormone, they're fattened up with steroids, all of that gets into the fat of the cow, all of that gets onto your plate. When, if that were the only animal food available in America, I too would become a vegan and I'm very far from becoming a vegan. So what we have here is a massive amount of contamination of our animal food products, which does in fact make those animal products and their fat very unhealthy. But it's not because it's saturated. It's not because it came from an animal. If you, if you raise that same animal on a pasture and you feed them their natural diet of grass and you don't shoot them full with any hormones or antibiotics or steroids and none of that's in their meat or their fat, then that is a perfectly healthy fat to eat. And, and when I go to the farmer's market and get grass-fed meat and they say, do you want the lean kind? I say, hell no. Give me the fattest kind you have because there's nothing to fear from the fat from grass-fed meat. And that's what makes fat toxic. Not the fact that it came from an animal, but from the fact that it came from an animal that's been contaminated with all this stuff that we force them to either eat or be shot full of. That is such a good point. You know, I'm very blessed, Johnny, because there's a farm in my area where I can get grass-fed organic meat and bone broth. And it is, and it tastes so much better when I have friends over and I make a meal. They're like, I've never had meat like this. And I said, look, you know, join this or get it at your farmer's market. Any farmer's market has grass-fed meat. It's all over the place now. For a while, they even had it at Target. So all I'm saying here is that we we need a redefinition of that. Healthy saturated fat, there is nothing wrong with saturated fat. It's good for the brain. It's good for all kinds of things. Coconut oil, Malaysian palm oil, these are wonderful fats. And saturated fat from grass-fed meat, grass-fed butter, all of these things are perfectly fine. Um, What isn't fine, and this goes to the nature of smart fat as well, is that we've also been told to consume lots of vegetable oil. So right now you can't go into a supermarket and buy a single processed food that doesn't have either corn oil, safflower oil, soybean oil, canola oil, hydrogenated oil. All of these high omega-6 oils that we've been told are healthy are actually very pro-inflammatory. And when we consume so much of them, 
And so little of the anti-inflammatory omega-3s, which are smart fats, we set ourselves up for inflammation, which, as you know, Lisa, is the major promoter of every degenerative disease we know of. So we wonder why there's so much inflammation. Well, one of the reasons is we eat 16 times more omega-6 vegetable oil than we do anti-inflammatory omega-3s. Yeah, and that is scary, isn't it? I mean, well, do you remember the, I think it was Wesson Oil when we were growing up with Florence uh, Henderson and... <laughs> yeah. Well, Wesson Oil isn't even, I mean, I don't even know what that comes, what, what seed or grain that comes from. That's just a I process. don't either. I don't even know what that is. It's like uh, Crisco vegetable shortening or something. It's, I mean, this is a Franken food. It's not even real, it has nothing to do with real food or real fat or anything like that. And so, you know, because of these distinctions, people, you know, really have to understand that saturated fat is not the enemy here. There's been three or four major meta-analyses in the last five years and major publications like the Annals of Internal Medicine, the Journal of Clinical, uh, American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, major studies involving over 300 to 500,000 patients that have looked at saturated fat and heart disease. Every single one of them has said, whoops, we were wrong. Saturated fat is not even close to being related, let alone causing heart disease. It just isn't true. You know, and it seems like there's so many people, though, who still haven't oh, yes. figured this out. And oh, it's yeah. A oh, bit absolutely. Scary. And, and you I, can argue with people. Do you get in arguments sometimes where they're like, what are you talking about? Saturated fat's not good for you. Uh, you know, I, I don't really uh, get in deep arguments about this stuff anymore because I've kind of found that it's like arguing politics or religion. People really, it's not about the science. We, we have so many emotional beliefs about food that are not based on science. They're based on feelings. They're based on what we grew up with. I'll give you a really fast example. When I was a kid, saccharin was believed to cause bladder cancer because there were some really strong experiments with rats then. My father used to use saccharin. I used to constantly rail at him. You can't use it. It causes cancer. Well, we, 40 years later, they re-looked at the studies. And much like DNA evidence on somebody who's been convicted, you know, and been in jail, they said, whoops, these experiments were completely bogus. They weren't done well. Uh, saccharin does not cause bladder cancer unless you happen to be a Wissar rat eating 20 times your body weight in, in, in this chemical. It's really, uh, it was a mistake. And to this day, Lisa, I can't bring myself to use saccharin because for 40 years I believed that it caused cancer. And that's what we're seeing with doctors and saturated fat. They just believe this stuff for so long, they cannot even accept the new research that says, sorry, guys, it was a mistake. Well, you know, Johnny, I definitely want to have you back. You have so much great information. The book is Smart Fat, Eat More Fat, Lose More Weight, Get Healthy Now. You can follow Johnny at Twitter by going to at Johnny Bowden. It's J-O-N-N-Y-B-O-W-D-E-N. Wouldn't it be great if there was one health book out there that actually addressed your whole body, mind, spirit. Well, let me tell you, there is. It is called Clean Eating Dirty Sex. It is not about dirty sex. It is a play off the word clean. Central superfoods and aphrodisiac practices for ultimate sexual health and connection. This book is a healthy lifestyle guide. There are over 40 top experts from functional medicine physicians to registered dietitians to exercise physiologists to psychologists, sexologists, 
all engage to help you live your happiest, healthiest life. There are over 50 fantastic, healthy, and delicious recipes. It is also a memoir where I, because I am the author of this book, Lisa Davis, share some very personal stories. Some are heartbreaking, some are funny, to help you get to where you need to be, to understand that it does take time to change, but that I am here along with all the other health experts in the book to help you. Don't let the title fool you. This book will help your communication, your intimacy, how you relate to your partner, how you relate to yourself. But if you do what the book says, it will also help you in every aspect of your health. So please go now. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. It's sold in local bookstores across the country. Check it out. Clean eating, dirty sex. It can be confusing to know which oils are best for cooking. You don't want to take a perfectly good oil like coconut oil or olive oil and actually make it not so great for you by overheating it. So here to talk about this and much more is Stephen Masley, MD. He's a physician, nutritionist, author, speaker, and award-winning patient educator. I think he's great. He joins us now. Dr. Masley, hello. Hi, Lisa. I'm delighted to be on your show. It's so nice to have you on. Now, Dr. Masley and I spoke recently, and I learned, and this broke my heart, that the coconut oil potato chips that I bought for my daughter, I was so proud of myself to stay away from the sunflower, safflower, uh, canola, et cetera, that that coconut oil is going to be damaged if you're cooking it at that high of a heat. Because my understanding was that you could cook it at a high heat. So I think there's a lot of confusion. So Dr. Masley, help us out with this. Well, there's a lot of myths on what oils we should cook with, but here's what you have to realize. When we cook oil, it can go up to a certain temperature, and if you pass that temperature, the, the, the chemical compounds start to break down and it becomes toxic. So coconut oil is a good example. Um, you don't actually see it smoke. It's not like you're cooking in a pan and a billow of smoke goes in the air. But when you pass 350 degrees, that's only medium heat at most. When you pass 350, the fatty acids in coconut oil break down and you're making transhydrogenated fat. Basically, you're converting it into embalming fluid. And we don't want to do that and make our food harmful. So, you know, this is an example of, yes, you can use coconut oil, but if you want to do a higher heat cooking, you do that with a different oil that tolerates higher heat. And at the end, you could add coconut oil or coconut milk or something like that after you turn the heat down to low. When it's on low, you can add more flavorful oils like extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil, sesame oil, delicate oils that are good for you, but you do you should not destroy them. So, Lisa, I'm really glad you're bringing up this point. Well, I'm so glad you're here to clarify this. So is olive oil another one that can't go above 350 or it also becomes well, toxic, which is just heartbreaking? Well, that's a, that's a great question. So there's several types of olive oil, though. The healthiest by far is extra virgin. You know, they press it once, the oil comes out of the olives, and that extra virgin has all these nutrients, all these wonderful things for us, and it is the most unstable for high heat. So extra virgin olive oil, you know, it, it's actually better than coconut oil, surprisingly enough. You can go up to 400, but you can't do medium-high heat cooking with it, which is what most cooking is. So if you're trying to yeah, you know, get a I little brown on meat, like, you know, shrimp or chicken or something like that, or cooking vegetables, most people are cooking at medium-high, probably 425 to 475. 
Um, so, but you can use virgin olive oil that's been pressed once and they heart, you know, press it again, but they're not using chemicals to pull it out. They're not using heat, which would damage it. That would be a processed oil. So you can use normal cooking for virgin olive oil, but not extra virgin. And then you'll find these highly refined olive oils, like the extra light, well, that, you can, that goes to very high heat, but that's been damaged. That's heavily processed, and I'm not recommending processed oils. See, I'm glad you mentioned that because I cook with avocado oil. I have one that is very light yellow that is refined. I have one that is heavier and green, and I wasn't sure if I cook with that green olive oil that hasn't been refined, can that still go to a high heat? Or are you better off cooking with the refined avocado oil, or is that already damaged? Well, when refined olive oil, I mean, they're extracting I mean, avocado. Heat, so the, uh, avocado. So even avocado. Now, the good thing about avocado oil is even the regular, you know, the extra nutrient goes up to 420, 450 degrees. So you could use the unprocessed um, avocado oil at higher heat, you know, so that's still, I goes uh, avocado is really awesome. You can go up to 520 degrees. That's very, so it is very stable, even at high heat. So avocado oil is one of my favorite oils to cook with because it's so stable and it's really a healthy oil. So it's definitely a smart fat. So it's smart and it tolerates high, high heat. So that's like one of your best cooking oils. All right. Now, should I get rid of the refined avocado oil? Because I find that the the you better olive, it. or excuse me, avocado oil. I find my Regular my daughter thinks it's oil too is strong. You, it's got more nutrients. Okay. Now, the refined. So, I I guess in theory, if you were deep frying over and over and over again, which I hopefully would tell you never to do, but if you were, <laughs> you would be better off using refined avocado oil. But I wouldn't recommend that. I would just I'd go for the healthy. I'm looking for what oils are smart. That means they're not processed. They're not refined. They're in their natural state, like your Clean Food Network. I mean, I love that. Natural Uh food. So you would want an unprocessed avocado oil, and that's going to still tolerate very high heat. Now, what about palm oil? Is that in the same category as coconut oil for cooking? Pretty close. I mean, most of the palm oil you see for cooking um, is refined palm oil. And it can tolerate higher heat because it's been refined, which I I don't recommend. You know, but the healthiest palm oil is red palm oil, but that has a very low tolerance for heat, like less than, um, you know, 300 degrees. So you could only use red palm oil like when you pour it on food right before you serve it at the end when it's been on simmer. You certainly wouldn't want to heat with that. And the refined palm oil only goes up into the low 400 range. So it's even, that's not great for medium high heat cooking. So it sounds like the avocado oil, the unrefined, just regular avocado oil is the best if you want to be sauteing some vegetables, sauteing up some garlic, browning your meat, things like that. Well, it's a good choice. I mean, almond oil is another one. So if you want something to have a little different flavor, 
I mean, the number one oil I use at home for cooking is avocado oil for medium-high heat cooking, to be honest. But I also have almond oil because I, it's got a slightly different nuttier flavor, which is pretty nice. Hazelnut oil, macadamia nut oil, those are other oils you can use at higher heat and use them safely. So um, av- avocado is my favorite, though. I'm, you know, I love cooking with it, and it has a nice flavor, and it's really good for you. It's definitely smart. Now, there are some neutral fats that you could cook with that are not harmful. I won't say they're smart. They don't have proven clinical benefit, but things like ghee, clarified butter, does tolerate high heat. I think of it as a neutral fat, not harmful, not beneficial, but once in a while, you shouldn't use butter because butter is only at 350. You can't cook it at high heat. But clarified butter goes at clear up to 485. Oh. So that's another nice tallow? option for occasional food, you know, like a treat, is I would use clarified butter or ghee. I mean, sorry, what did you say, Lisa? What was your question? Oh, I was asking. We only have about a minute. I was just curious about, like, I, I got some beef tallow, organic, grass-fed. That You can cook that pretty high, correct? No. No, the, oh, I can't. Oh, darn. No, pork does not go up high. That's why you're not supposed to cook bacon and make it crispy. You know, so oh. the beef and pork oils really do have a lower <laughs> temperature again. Well, thank beef goodness you are here to help us because this can be very confusing. You can all learn more about Dr. Masley by going to drmasley.com and also smartfat.com. And I'm just so thrilled that he came on the show. You're going to hear a lot more from Dr. Masley. You can find him at Twitter at Stephen Masley.